Well, good morning, everyone. It's a delight to be here with you. My name is Nayaswami Gyandev, and this is Nayaswami Diksha. It's our joy to be with you on a, such a bright, sunny Sunday morning after yesterday's deluge. I'd like to welcome all of our guests and visitors, all those who've been here for the Thanksgiving retreat, and as well as those who are watching online. I'd like to read from Rays of the One Light, which is Commentaries on the Bible and the Bhagavad Gita by Swami Kriyananda. This week's topic, the law of karma, bondage or soul release. Truth is one and eternal. Realize oneness with it in your deathless self within. The following commentary is based on the teachings of Paramhansa Yogananda. The epistle of St. Paul to the Galatians contains this oft-quoted statement. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. In Autobiography of a Yogi, Paramahansa Yogananda tells of a story from the life of the Benares saint, Trilanga Swami. A skeptic once determined to expose Trilanga as a charlatan, a large bucket of calcium-lime mixture used in whitewashing walls was placed before the Swami. Master, the materialist said in mock reverence, I have brought you some clobbered milk. Please drink it. Trilanga unhesitatingly drained to the last drop the container full of burning lime. In a few minutes, the evildoer fell to the ground in agony. Help, Swami, help, he cried. I am on fire. Forgive my wicked test. The great yogi broke his habitual silence. Scoffer, he said. You did not realize when you offered me poison that my life is one with your own. Except for my knowledge that God is present in my stomach, as in every atom of creation, the lime would have killed me. Now that you know the divine meaning of boomerang, never again play tricks on anyone. The well-purged sinner, healed by Trilanga's, Trilanga's words, slunk feebly away. Yogananda goes on to say, The reversal of pain was not due to any volition of the master, but came about through the unerring application of the law of justice, which upholds creation's farthest swinging orb. Men of God realization, like Trilanga, allow the divine law to operate instantaneously. They have banished forever all thwarting cross-currents of ego. Not by reason alone, but by self-realization are the ins and outs of destiny fully understood. Their web, though tied forever to the post of ego motivation, is too intricate to be perceived as a single thread. Only great masters can see it with clarity. It is visible to them in all its workings, not from within the tangle, but from above in superconsciousness. As Sri Krishna said in the fourth chapter of the Bhagavad Gita, he who beholds inaction in action and action in inaction is wise among men. He is one with the spirit. 
he has attained the true goal of action, perfect freedom. Thus, through Holy Scripture, God has spoken to mankind. So I'd like to welcome you, and I hope you had a nice Thanksgiving. I will start by reading from Whispers from Eternity, a book of poems and prayer demands by Paramahansa Yogananda. It says, <clears throat> This is a demand that through all tests and trials, the love of God may never fade. O Spirit, I care not if all sufferings come to me, all things be taken away from me. I pray only that my love for Thee never fade through my own negligence. May my love for Thee Burn brightly forever on the altar of my constant remembrance. So our topic today is about the law of karma and whether karma binds us to the will of rebirth or lead us to soul release. And the teachings of Yogananda are so valuable because they help us to understand how to work with karma. So it will lead us to soul freedom. So I'd like to talk a little bit about that. Karma means action, and it exists on all levels of reality. In nature, it exists as a principle of cause and effect. In physics, as the law of Newton, for every action, there is an equal and opposite reaction. And on the human level, what we saw, that we shall reap. And so as we look at the nature of the world, we can see that everything is a part of a great network. That no action exists as an isolated event. Our thoughts, our actions have an impact on other people and on our environment. And governing it all is the consciousness of God. And this gives us hope because nothing goes unnoticed. We cannot deceive God, and we cannot act apart from God and His cosmic law. And therefore, 
everything that happens to us is a result of what we have done in the past. One time a disciple lamented to Yogananda, saying, it seems so unfair that we should be punished for mistakes that we have done unintentionally. Yogananda's response was, ignorance does not alter the law. Yogananda gave a good example. He said, if a person drives his car absentmindedly into a tree, his injuries will not be fewer because he was absent-minded. The story that we heard this morning about Swami Trialanga, the man who fed him with the lime mixture, he was actually blessed to see the law of cause and effect immediately and to realize that his suffering came to him because what he did. But karma does not always come to us immediately. And when it comes to us, we don't remember what we did. And so we perceive it as being unfair. And we react to it. But every time we react emotionally to karma, we only perpetuate it. Because karma starts with the reactive process with likes and dislikes. Yogananda said, if we want to mitigate karma, we need to meet karma calmly and pleasantly. And so when challenging karma comes to us, the way to handle it is to remain detached, not to feed our likes and dislikes, and to offer the karma to God for clarification, for clarity into how we should respond. And so I'd like to read a response that Yogananda gave to a disciple who was struggling with karma. Your job for now is to get to God. Don't worry about all the karma that you will still have to complete. Let God worry about that. First, destroy in yourself the source of karmic involvement. That source is your attachment to the ego. Once the ego is merged in God, then any actions you perform will no longer revert to yourself. Your actions will be like writing on waters. They will leave no trace in the mind in severing yourself from egoic involvement in any action you perform. You have cut the Gordian knot of delusion.
The way to handle karma is to remain even-minded and cheerful. But we know that it's not always easy, but we can practice. And no matter how many times we blow it, we can try again. As Yogananda said, a saint is a sinner who never gave up. I remember a Jewish woman who used to come here to Ananda village to attend Sunday services. One time after Sunday service, she said to me, you know, I love coming to Ananda and I so enjoy Sunday services, but there's only one thing that really bothers me is seeing the picture of Jesus on the altar. Every time I see it, I get really upset. If you take his pictures off, my joy will be complete. (laughs) She kept coming back, and one time she came to the expanding light to attend the Thanksgiving retreat. At the end of the week, during Sunday service, realizing that the picture of Jesus will not go away, and being tired of getting upset, she decided to make peace with Jesus. At the end of service, she made a commitment that for one year, every time she will see the picture of Jesus, she will greet him as a friend. And she did. And one year passed, and she came back to attend the Thanksgiving retreat again. And towards the end of the retreat, she went to Lahiri on Saturday afternoon to meditate, and nobody was there. She greeted the masters, including Jesus, and she said to meditate. At the end of meditation, she bowed at the altar, and when she stood up to leave, she heard Jesus saying to her, Welcome home, daughter. And at that moment, she felt waves of peace, waves of love flooding her being. And this was a very transforming experience for her. When she changed her attitude, she opened a doorway to the Christ consciousness. When we make the effort to open our hearts to God, God will respond and we will feel His grace. I read recently about a research that was done in 2014 with 286 people who suffered from addictions to drugs and alcohol. At first, these people went through 28 days of rehabilitation. And then they were randomly divided into two groups. One group was to be a part of a meditation program for one year. And the other group was to be a part of a cognitive behavioral therapy program for one year. And so they monitored the people throughout the year. After three months, 
They didn't notice a significant difference between the two groups in how they cope, were coping with their old addictions. But after a year, there was a big difference. The group, the people who were in the group of meditation had significantly, significantly less incidence of drugs and alcohol use than the people in the therapy program. And this really goes along with what Yogananda said about meditation. He said, every time we meditate, we burn some karma. And in deep meditation, we burn the karmic seeds in the fire of wisdom and roasted seeds will not germinate. And this is very encouraging to know that the practice of meditation can help to overcome old karma. A few months ago, I watched a movie that is called The President's Gatekeepers. This movie was interviews that were made with 20 chiefs of staff of different presidents of the United States. The chief of staff, as you know, is the man that the president chooses to be his closest advisor and confidant. And in these interviews, this man shared what it was like to be in this position and how they handled important decisions in times of crisis. It was very inspiring to watch how these men were even-minded under tremendous pressure, working long hours, trying to figure out solutions to crises that have an impact on millions of people. And after I watched this movie, I reflected on the spiritual path. As we live life, we don't know what's coming. And if we want to be ready, if we want to respond in the right way, we need to meditate every day. Because in meditation, we tap into our intuition, which Yogananda called the sole power of knowing God. Intuition connects us with God and helps us to find solutions that are based on truth. And therefore, we need to choose intuition is the chief of staff, is our closest advisor. We can also say that intuition is the gatekeeper of our soul because it helps us to navigate through life's challenges in the right way and avoid making mistakes that cause us, that cause us to get enmeshed in delusion. I recently started to 
practice an affirmation of Yogananda that I found very helpful. And I like to share this affirmation. The light of Christ shines through me, and therefore my mind is clear. Order and harmony reign in all my affairs. As I practice this affirmation, I've realized that as we surrender to the will of God and allow God to flow through us, then our mind is clear. It is not confused by conflicting egoic desires. And we are at peace. And everything we do flows in order and harmony. As we go through life, there are times that we go through hard tests. And if we can, if we can accept these tests, if we can endure the hardships that these tests impose on us, we can overcome. I remember some years ago, a woman who came to the Expanding Light to attend the New Year's retreat that Gandhav and I were leading. She was about 55 years old. And she came with two of her children. They were in the mid-twenties. And I could tell that they had a beautiful, loving relationship between them. And one evening, during dinner, this woman shared her life story. When she was 20 years old, she married a man that she loved very much. By the age of 27, she had five children. Her husband worked to support the family, and she stayed home to raise the children. When she was about 28, one day, her husband came home, and he told her that he no longer wants to be married to her. And he's going to leave. And he did. He left her and left the children. At first, she was in a big shock. She didn't know how to handle this. But she had deep faith in God. And so she quickly adjusted herself to the new reality. Her parents helped her and some friends. She immediately started a business from home. And in the next 10 years, she worked really hard. The business, and of course, to care for her children. The business became very successful very quickly. And she was able to support her children. Then she bought a new house. And later on, she put all her five children through college. When her, her kids grew up, she decided to go back to school. She went to a divinity school and became a minister. After she became a minister, 
she decided to start her own church. And she did. And the church became very successful. Twenty years after her husband left her, she received a phone call from him, and he wanted to meet with her. And she agreed. When they met, he asked her if she's willing to forgive him. And she said, yes, I forgive you completely. And I thank you for leaving me, because this is how I discovered myself. And then he said, I realized that I still love you, and I would like to marry you again. She remained very calm, and she said, You know, I'm very happy with the way things are in my life, and I do not wish to marry you again. She found happiness in herself. She untied the knot of her own karma through her faith in God, through her right attitude, through the energy that she put out to overcome her tests. Swami Kriyananda said that the key to our own awakening lies in our own karma. That if we are able to untie the knots of our own karma, we will find soul freedom. And I would like to read something that Yogananda said about overcoming karma. Whatever comes to us is coming directly from God. The fastest way to move through karmic challenges is to accept with love whatever God sends us. The way to escape the law of karma is to live in divine consciousness. The closer we live to God, the less His law will be able to affect us. And so in this time of thanksgiving, we can try to live in that consciousness of gratitude and love for God. When we live in this consciousness of love and gratitude to God, karma will not be able to affect us.